Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. How can you maximize your returns and your savings if you are a member of the Muslim community? I have your guide to Islamic finance and investing today. There are halal brokerages, there are Sharia compliant robo advisors, and a whole world of halal stocks. But much may still be unknown when it comes to key questions of money and investing. How do you pick a stock, for example, if you want your stock pick to align with halal practices? You don't want to pick uh, haram stocks, right? Haram means prohibited, exploitative as well. Although Islamic finance began back in the 7th century, its formal growth really took off in the 1960s, driven in part by the tremendous oil wealth that fueled renewed interest and demand for Sharia-compliant products and practices. Islamic finance demands the avoidance of usury or riba and garar or ambiguity or deception. Islamic law views lending with interest payments as a relationship that favors the lender who charges interest at the borrower's expense. And Islamic law considers money as a measuring tool for value, not an asset in itself. So given this paradigm of viewing the role of money, risk sharing, income and interests, how then can you maximize your returns as an investor? I've invited Mr. Ridwan Radzi to join me on the show today. He's Managing Director of IFSG, which is Islamic Finance and Investment Knowledge Platform, and they want to help solve community financial problems. And they recently worked on something called the Risk Investment Festival. Uh, Ridwan, good morning and welcome. Good morning as well to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's oh, a pleasure and honour. It is such a joy to speak with you. I wanted to do this in case people miss the Risk Festival, yes. uh, which is all about uh, halal investing yes, and helping the community here reach for greater financial yes, literacy correct. for the future, yes. right? True, true. That's so, true. So I thought we'd do this show and bring the festival <laughs> to people. Well, I would love to. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about whether or not there is a gap in terms of understanding um, how you can make money of your finances work for you if you're mm-hmm. a member of the Muslim community. Yes. Okay. So I think there's a misconception or a gap when it comes to uh, halal investing, uh, especially amongst the Singaporean Muslim community. Uh, there's, uh, there's a space where it's halal. And there's a space where it's not halal. So the space where it's halal, it can be in the public investment space, such as your stocks, your ETFs, as well as your mutual funds. Then there's the private space. The private space can be your uh, crowdfunding, uh, land investing, DeFi, uh, cryptos, and as well as microfinancing. So there's a lot of investments actually that people are unaware of, especially on the private space. But there's also sufficient investments to make a diversified portfolio just on the public space, the stocks, ETFs and mutual funds. So if I can give an example, there's more than 21 ETFs that are halal that you can invest in. Then for just the stocks, right, you can you don't need to be limited to Singaporean stocks or Singapore stocks or Singapore stocks, but also you can expand to UK, US, Canada, Australia. So it's, it, it's just you need to 
be aware of how to do the methodology uh, of screening it. Or you can also go to a screening provider. There's a, there's a few free ones. And from there, you can just identify, oh, this is halal. Okay, I can invest in it. Interesting, because I think a lot of people think yeah, I have to go to a particular space and I, I can't venture into public markets because, you know, what's halal and what's not yes. is unclear. But as you say, in this day and age, there's screening tools yes, that you correct. can use for yourself. Are these yes. free and available online? Yes, it's free actually. Uh, so there, there are a few free ones. Then there's also the premium ones for them, Perifinitive, uh, Bloomberg. So from just these uh, premium ones, you, it's like uh, the stocks are unlimited where you are able to screen based mm. on the country, Japan, China, mm-hmm. Hong Kong, mm-hmm. Taiwan as mm-hmm. well, Vietnam, which stocks are halal. But of course, the free ones, they, are, they have a bit of limitation. Mm. So for example, they only cover uh, Singapore, US, all the developed markets. Yeah. So people think I have to go to a Sharia compliant brokerage, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. or I have mm-hmm. to buy a coin. Uh, we want to do the show in part as well because mm-hmm. there was a recent cryptocurrency token you know, event here and mm-hmm. somebody came across one of the members of the team came across a halal coin. Okay. So okay. we thought, oh, that's interesting. How is, is cryptocurrency as, a, as an asset class mm. halal? And we'll get into that in a yes, while. Yes. But basically what you're saying is you don't necessarily have to have an ETF that has halal in front of it mm-hmm. or behind mm-hmm. it, tagged mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. in order to invest in it as a Muslim. Uh, it's more of, okay, for stocks, there's a methodology behind it where uh, first and foremost, you screen it based on the business uh, business field that they are in. For example, we exclude businesses not in we exclude businesses not in the halal sectors. Uh, so example out will be those in the adult industries, uh, arms industries, as well as alcohol industry. So mm-hmm. all of these are for us acceptable from a human humanistic perspective as not permissible or immoral. Then once you have gone through that business screening, you go through the financial screening. Mm. So that's your, your 33%. Uh, that's a technical reason behind it. But once a stock passes these two filters, then it is considered Sharia compliant. Most ETFs that are halal will usually have an Islamic term behind it or there's a Sharia advisor uh, that is overseeing the, the screening process. So it's much easier. Does Sharia compliance translate to lower returns? Yes. Uh, sorry. No. <laughs> yes, no. that's a common question. <laughs> yes, it's a common question. Yeah, correct, correct. So, actually, yesterday or earlier this morning, I just checked the S&P uh, website. Yeah. Uh, and you compared S&P 500, S&P 500 Sharia, S&P 500 uh, Sharia industry exclusions, S&P 500 ESG Sharia, and S&P 500 uh, ESG the surprising thing is as all the Sharia indexes outperform both the S&P 500 as well as S&P 500 ESG for, for wow. year to date for one year for three years for five years as well as for 10 years over a 10 year <laughs> horizon? yeah and, and a one-year horizon one as One well. year all the way to 10 years. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what again has outperformed what? Uh, all three of the S&P 500 uh, Sharia indexes, yeah. indices, yeah. Uh, S&P 500 Sharia index, S&P 500 uh, Sharia industry exclusions, mm. as well as S&P 500 ESG Sharia index. So all three outperformed. But the, the surprising thing is that the S&P 500 ESG Sharia index outperform the other two S&P 500 Sharia Index as well as Industry Exclusions ETF. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, does halal investment exclude certain asset classes? I talked mm. about cryptocurrency. Mm. Is that considered mm. halal? I think it's more of... It's 
not really an industri- uh, exclusion of uh, asset classes mm. because you need to look at the Islamic legal maxim where the original ruling for transactions is permissible. That's a bit different from when you are doing your religious worship, when you are doing your food. Uh, so, it, in a sense, it opens up a lot of opportunities for the investment space to innovate, to provide a Sharia-compliant alternative. So, for example, uh, there's the DeFi, DeFi that is Sharia-compliant, that is certified as Sharia-compliant and has a Sharia advisor on it. There's microfinancing that is born Sharia-compliant in Indonesia. Of course, when you look at uh, Indonesia, there's uh, the currency risk. Then there's also investments such as crowdfunding that are naturally Sharia-compliant, but uh, because of the investment that they put in, it might not it might not be so that's where the filter comes in where if the business is share compliant it doesn't involve immoral uh, activities or businesses then it's permissible is is bitcoin halal so there's two school of thoughts on this so first and foremost uh, if you look at the prohibition uh, those who don't say it as favorable these are your indonesia your some of the middle east countries then there's also some uh, school of thought or majority of them say that it's permissible I do want to point out that, for example, in the UK, mm. they have this Sharia advisory group or Sharia advisory body, which has analysed more than 20 tokens uh, or more than 20 cryptos, Polkadot, crypto, Ethereum and all. And they have analysed, okay, from there, from based on the white paper, based on the contents of this, uh, of these cryptos and what they are traded in, what is the, what is the ruling it comes to? Yeah, so... For example, Bitcoin is, to them, is permissible. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. Mm. Since this is meant to be a primer <laughs> on uh, Islamic finance and investing as well, if money is viewed as a tool for value, not an asset in itself, and interest payments uh, you know, are seen as something that favors the lender, mm-hmm. so is investing permissible? Investing is actually encouraged, greatly encouraged. So... Of course, when you look at uh, the, the the Islamic rulings as well as Islamic uh, history, we started off as a trading uh, initiative. Or tra- the historical records show that the Prophet was a trader. He was invested in by his wife before he became a Prophet. So from there, we extract the ruling that investing is actually encouraged even before Islam came. Yeah, so that is uh, that is the. The, the story behind why investing is very much encouraged. But besides that, of course, there's more innovative products such as stocks. So scholars have to like link it back to the religious text. Mm. How can they apply the rulings mm. into modern day transactions? Is this problematic for the individual who wants the retail investor in this Mm-mm. day and age? Because there's so many platforms yes. now that allow people to pick their own stocks, understand mm. stocks. Uh, is this problematic because you know you have to go through a filter or figure Mm-mm. out whether or not it is it falls under the Mm-mm. purview of what is permissible and what is not? Mm-mm. So I think in terms of stocks, uh, it depends on the individual definitely on whether he wants to do his DIY. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in terms of ETFs, there's uh, you don't need to do the purification. You don't need to uh, monitor it because the Sharia advisor does it for you. Oh. For stocks, yes, you do need to. And there's an element of purification that you might need to do in terms of the dividends uh, because you don't want to receive tainted income. Uh, based on immoral money or something or immoral businesses mm-hmm. so that's why uh, for a Mus- from a Muslim's perspective mm-hmm. it may be it may look a bit restricted but it's for their own benefit yeah 
Are there any specific industries that are prohibited mm. under Islamic mm. law that one would not be able to invest in? Okay, so uh, it's you know, normally your uh, immoral industries, for example, your arms industry, your adult industry, your entertainment industry. So all of these industries, from a, a humanistic perspective, it's a bit immoral. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't want your income or your the growth of your money to be based on this immoral income. Yeah. So, uh, somebody listening out there who's part of the Muslim community might think, uh, what is discouraged by Sharia in terms of risk? Mm-hmm. Um, does it discourage risky investment? Risky investment. So, uh, there is not really a specific ruling or in terms of, uh, okay, this one, very risky investment, you don't do. But rather, it, the guidance is that if you do not know about this investment, then seek a financial advisor or seek a financial expert. So that's basically it. And if I can extend it uh, a, a bit further, you might want to prepare before investing in such uh, such riskier investments. So again, there's no specific ruling for risky investments, but the general ruling on, for example, debt, uh, the general ruling on interest, it still applies to this kind of investments, whether it is stocks, whether it's private investments, whether it's your ETFs or whatnot. So we know, you know, food can go through a process uh, that can then determine mm. it halal. Mm-hmm. Is this the same for intangible assets like cryptocurrency, for example? I think it depends. So for, because it depends on the white paper as well, right, uh, for it cryptos. But for, maybe it's much easier to do it for stocks. It's much easier to do for private investments for intangible assets because it is uh, it is fixed as uh, the white paper is established the the mechanics behind it is established so when the scholars analyze it it is based on that white paper it is based on the the contents of that white paper so mm-hmm. it may be a bit difficult to turn it into uh, non-Sharia compliant or Sharia compliant yeah I see Mohammed Ridwan Radzi is my guest he is a CAA certified Sharia advisor and auditor that's what CSAA stands for he worked very hard for that title so I'm going to use it he's also managing director of IFSG they are a one-stop platform dedicated to financial literacy for the Muslim community yes. and they recently held a, a festival uh, all about you know how you can make the most of your money. Risk Investment Festival 2023 yes. and risk some scholars translate into provisions. Some yes. call it blessings or sustenance. Yes. And we thought you know we want to <laughs> we want to learn some of that, bring some of that to you as well. Um, what do you think are some of the emerging opportunities mm-hmm. for the uh, halal investment world? Okay, so I think uh, the exciting investments will be the DeFi space, uh, the Web three applications uh, but let's go uh, one step back to the traditional investments or yeah. more to in, a tangible investments right for example your microfinancing so this involves a couple of investors like a group of investors putting in money into a platform and then that platform invests in small and micro business your fishermen your grocery grocery shops in Indonesia and once that business once the businesses make money they give some of the income to the platform. The platform then distributes the income or the profit to the investor. So it's if the business doesn't make money, then the platform doesn't make money, then the investor doesn't make money. So it's in a sense, it's a bit of uh, fair to the investor and to the business. 
So this is um, are there established platforms that yes. do that? Yes, yeah, but then they are, they are based in Indonesia. Of course, when you talk about Indonesia, there's the currency risk. Uh, when you talk about Malaysia, there's the currency risk. Uh, there's also the the new or more exciting space of uh, private sukuk or private Islamic bonds, uh, lexically Islamic bonds. So and they are able to give you more than eight percent returns to thirteen percent return by a and this is by a. Uh, a Singaporean headquartered company who wants to do an Islamic structured financing, yeah, and they are able to give investors more than, more than your average returns or eight to thirteen percent. Actually, uh, last week when I met them, they said they are giving investors fifteen percent. What yeah. are the bonds for? For example, the fifteen percent payout bond. What is that looking at? What would you be investing in? Okay, so it's uh, agriculture. So you're investing in Brazilian nuts. So you, are, so you are buying or co-buying with uh, the uh, the the business headquartered in Singapore, and from there they already know the margin. Uh, and after they have sold it to the end buyer, they get the return. They are able to give the investors back a bit based on a share or the agreed annual profit. Yeah. Interesting. What are some? You're a young man yourself. Mm. You know, I thought I was going to meet someone. I, I don't know why I thought when I heard founder of a, of a platform, I thought you're going to be a little older. But you're a very young man. Um, what are some basic investment lessons that yeah. maybe the younger uh, listener, part of the Islamic community, mm-hmm. should be aware of? Okay, I think I have uh, four lessons. So first and foremost, save ten percent of your money. Uh, that is not just from the Islamic perspective, but rather from conventional books like uh, The Richest Man Babylon, even Tony Robbins' books. Uh, the second thing is maybe explore uh, private investments, uh, explore private investments, but on a, slow, on a lower scale. The third one is maybe start small. Maybe you can start as $1 with fraction, fractional shares in your uh, normal brokers, Excife and whatnot. You can invest in ETFs not just with your the, based on the unit price, but rather based on the fraction that you are able to pay. The last one is, of course, listen to Money FM. Oh, that was great. I like that. Can you just add, uh, listen to your money? Listen to... <laughs> Which is this show. Yes. Uh, what was your journey to investing? How did that look like? I started investing when I was uh, maybe 18, 18 or 16. That was like old. last year. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Looking at you. Okay, you started at eighteen. Yes, uh, eighteen. But uh, at first, it was uh, REITs. So last time there was a, a born halal REIT mm-hmm. Sabana. So I invested in it. Of course, uh, you got your dividends twenty five dollars a quarter, uh, and from there I, I've started to explore alternative investments, uh, the private investment as well as the public investments. Self-taught? But, uh, Were you self-taught? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, from YouTube. I think there's a lot of... But I think the best lesson is, of course, to immerse yourself inside these investments. Then you know, oh, this thing uh, is is good. But based on the current series, you're actually not getting the money that you're that you're investing or you're hoping for. Yeah. So start with saving 10%. <laughs> yeah. And uh, lastly... Listen to Money FM. Your money Your on Money, money FM. FM. Thank you. Your money, your money. <laughs> I love those four basic pillars. Um, what There are so many investment strategies out there for beginners. They want to grow their wealth. Mm. Is there, you know, I mean, is there an investment strategy that you mm-mm, mm-mm. encourage or like to look up? Or? I think uh, I, I would rather invest if I had $1,000 right I would invest uh, 
on different asset classes and let's just say yeah, now you you can buy gold as low as $10 or as low as 10 cents uh, through for example Hugo you can invest in fractional shares you can invest in uh, uh, stocks and ETFs using these fractional shares but at the end of the day I think it, the diversified portfolio still matters mm. uh, of course when it comes to stocks uh, you may want to consider platforms that analyze for you uh, stocks for example Ticker TYKR uh, is based in the UK and they analyze based on the margin of safety they analyze based on the fundamentals so from there it takes out the analysis part of or the heavy heavy analysis part but rather makes it easy for investors to invest in no you don't need to go to bloomberg uh, uh refinitive to analyze the stock you can just uh, look at that look at the platform and figure then it out yourself yeah, yeah. yeah. And get started Correct. because, like you say, being as p- part of the ecosystem is, is really important. Yes. Um, for people out there worried, they're fearful, I might overstep, I might do the wrong thing. There's mm-hmm. so many rules, and I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. They might think I'm not a scholar. <laughs> um, how do you want to address that fear? Okay, I think in terms of investing, it's always uh, it's a learning process. Uh, but if you are uncomfortable, if you feel that there's something wrong, it's like a human element inside of you that hey, there's something wrong in this investment uh, maybe there's some haram elements in it I don't feel right with the money that I'm receiving maybe talk to your financial advisor mm-hmm. uh, maybe talk to maybe talk to us maybe talk to Do anyone you, who what can people come to you for this uh, I, I IFSG FSG. Yeah. so we provide guidance where there's no guidance uh, we provide articles events as well as training when it comes to Islamic finance uh, so it's not just us. So we started off as a WhatsApp group just to champion Islamic finance back in 2018 at a Burger King tall in ah. <laughs> Raffles Place. I think some of you might know that. I love that. <laughs> and from there, we have become a company. And thankfully, we uh, we have done uh, several events. <laughs> yes. yes. And continue to reach out to the community. What's yes. the response been like? Do you feel that people want and need this information? I think uh, there's definitely an interest, uh, the, a growing interest when it comes to halal investing, when it comes to ha- uh, halal insurance, when it comes to just managing your money on in an Islamic manner. Uh, so, Definitely, there's been a growth in terms of interest. Not interest, the usual interest, but then interest. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, I'm very honoured to, to be here. Back in 2018, if you ask me if I will be interviewed by you, Michelle, <laughs> I wouldn't would even think that is it, it's possible. <laughs> it has been my absolute pleasure to speak with you. I think it's wonderful what you're doing for the community. And uh, I hope more people come forward to learn about what they can do to equip themselves um, you. to you know receive... Um, sustenance, shall we say, <laughs> in, in the financial world. Yes. It's been great speaking with you, Ritzwan. Thank you. Mohammed Ritzwan Radzi is a certified Sharia advisor and auditor and managing director of IFSG, where you can get more information from. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.